Returning to Star Wars, is he really coming back or is it all a facade? We're going to break it down today because you're on Hot and Talks First, the biggest, smallest Star Wars podcast slash channel in the galaxy. I, of course, am your host, Han. Welcome if you're new here and uh, welcome back to everyone else who has been with us for a long time. So we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I missed the show yesterday. I apologize. I've been extremely busy the past couple of weeks actually a lot of big changes going on and things like that which we'll get to discuss a little bit today but thanks for joining me a little delayed Uh, i'm glad we could be here i'm excited to talk there literally is a lot to talk about and it's so much that i might have to do another stream another day actually because i don't think we'll be able to get everything done in an hour but we will try we will try um Again, if you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, follow, rate, review there as well. It helps out so much. So what are we talking about today? Let me give you a brief overview, and then we will kind of get started today. So we have Star Wars Visions updates, the anime that's coming to Disney+. Plus. We're talking about some new quotes from Michael Waldron, the writer of Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. He's talking out about it. We're also talking about the book of Boba Fett. There's some more updates and some Leslie Headland quotes about the Acolyte TV show. And of course, the main topic is George Lucas returning to Star Wars, which a lot of people are talking about right now. So like I said, a lot to talk about, a bunch of good stuff. And you know, if you guys don't know, or you do know, uh, we do the Bad Batch reviews every Sunday on the channel and the podcast. So you can go listen to my review of episode 8, titled The Reunion, which was pretty good. Of course, it had the return of Cad Bane. He is back. And the animation was better than ever. And it was really cool to see him return. And a lot of people speculated if we would ever get to see him again. And we finally did. So it was pretty cool. And also me and my girlfriend host the Loki After Show. Talking about the Loki TV series on Disney+. And we give you our thoughts and opinions and talk about some theories there. So that'll be coming later this week as well. Actually, Loki drops at midnight tonight on my, my coast. So we'll be doing that hopefully really soon. Maybe this weekend. Um... And also, you know, as always, there's a tipping feature if you want to support this show, if you want to support me and the love of Star Wars, just go to streamelements.com slash Han Talks First slash tip. You can send in a question or whatever, and we'll use it as a main topic if you like. And uh, you don't have to put your name. It can be anonymous. But either way, feel free to jump in the comments regardless. I'll try to get to everyone I can. And you can also hit me up on social media at Han Talks First. So like we do every week. Every Monday, really, but now it's Tuesday. We jump into our first segment of the show, which is Star Wars Replay. And here is this week's Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay! Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, after a hiatus of 15 years, this week, back in 1997, The Phantom Menace started its first day of shooting. 
three years later in the year 2000, began the first day of filming for Attack of the Clones. Back in 1974 this week, Joel Edgerton, who portrays young Owen Lars in the prequels, was born. Back in 2016, Marvel Comics The Force Awakens Part 1 was published. And next year in 2017, Marvel Comics Poe Dameron Annual 1 was also published. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So lots of great stuff happened this week in history. Tune in next week to find out what happens next week in Star Wars history. One thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show was, you know, if, if some of you follow me on Instagram, you've seen that I just got a new plant and it's a succulent and I put it in a, a Death Star potter. So if you're watching the video feed, check this out. This is my Death Star succul- uh, succulent plant. Isn't this cool? And I named her Mara Jade. It's kind of fitting. And for the audio listeners, you can check it out on the pot, on the uh, Instagram. You can see a photo of it or just head over to the video page. I'm going to put it right behind me with my collection of holocrons. So, yes, let's, so let's talk about some of the news that's been going on. We're starting off with Star Wars Visions. Of course, we're all familiar. It's the new anime that's coming to Disney+, Plus, the first ever official anime of Star Wars, which is very exciting. And it was recently announced by StarWars.com that on July 3rd at 3 p.m. at the Anime Expo Light, they're going to be having a panel talking about visions. They said it's going to be about 30 to 45 minutes, and we'll get our first preview, sneak peek, uh, interview with the cast and crew, and the first official teaser trailer. I, of course, am very excited about this show. It's, I think it's going to be different than anything we've seen Star Wars before. I think some of the storytellers that are involved, they're, they're really experienced in anime and also just regular storytelling. And anime storytelling is very grand and beautiful. And of course, the artwork is going to be amazing. I can't wait for the show. And so next week, next week, we're getting our first preview because a lot of people forget Visions is coming out this year. I think it comes out in November. I could be incorrect, but... We're getting Star Wars Visions this year. I hope it'll be a reoccurring seasonal uh, series. And as soon as we get... I might do a live stream, actually, reacting to the panel. So if any of you guys are interested, we can watch the live stream together. And I will kind of do a commentary live on YouTube. But again, that's July 3rd. So that is going to be next Saturday. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. On top of that, Michael Waldron, the writer for Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie has spoken out. Uh, He's spoken out about the movie before, but this time he gave us a lot of details. So we're going to talk about him here today. So the first quote I have from him, he says, oh, the interviewer asked him about the movie and how it's going so far. And he said, it's very early days on Star Wars. That's probably the thing I can say least about, unfortunately. The thing Kevin Feige shares in common with Dan Harmon and Sam Raimi is an absolute collaborative spirit and a remarkable lack of ego, given what he's accomplished. Kevin is a great listener. He wants to hear your ideas, take in how you might do something, and then help you make it better. Beyond all that, he's just a cool guy. So obviously right now he's working on Doctor Strange 2, Uh, If you guys aren't familiar with the name, he is the writer of the Loki series and the showrunner. Apparently, his work on that show was so incredible to Kevin Feige that he hired him to write Doctor Strange 2. Not only that, he also gave him a Star Wars movie. So 
That's why the Loki series is really important for us Star Wars fans, because we can get a sense of who this writer is and what his tone is going to be. And it might give us hopes for his Star Wars movie, or it might make us very nervous about it. So, <laughs> so far, so good. I like Loki. And of course, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be great too. But it's nice to see that, you know, Kevin Feige has a very open mind going into his movies, which we've seen in the Marvel stuff. But the Star Wars movie, that's important. And we have another quote from him here. Okay. And this one also asked about Star Wars. And he says, I think the success of the MCU is for all the amazing science fiction and concepts and all that stuff. Ultimately, the success is built upon the characters, their humanity, their very relatable conflicts, friendships, and the family that is the MCU. And I think Star Wars at its best is a story about family. Han, Luke, and Leia were a family. You love seeing them together, and you hated it when they were split apart. It's great characters. That's nothing new. I'm not going to blow anybody's mind with that headline, but that's my biggest takeaway. And what I take from this is that he's really going to embody that original trilogy sense of obviously family like he said and it seems to me like we're gonna have a another group of main characters which you could argue that the sequels did in a way but it, it, there was less uh, emotional connection there for me anyway uh and i, I do think ray is definitely the, the the lead it wasn't like a three lead thing which you could say luke was that of the original trilogy but we didn't get that in the prequel movies so It'll be nice to have like a group of people that will get to follow on a journey. And I can't wait to see. It looks like this guy and Kevin know Star Wars and they're going to write great Star Wars for us to consume. And as soon as we hear more about Michael Waldron's comments, we'll talk about him. Other than that, this is still way early in development. I don't even think he started a draft yet. I just think they're talking concepts and outlines, manuscripts, that kind of stuff. So that's it for... Um, Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which uh, was released a while ago, and uh, I think we mentioned it before on the podcast, and this is all about the book of Boba Fett, is that it was revealed that it is going to be a seven-episode first season. So if you guys remember a while ago, we've been talking about the show a lot and the production of it, and the fact that it is now... A, a, an actual series with multiple seasons. It's not just a limited series. So that was exciting in itself. But now we're hearing more about uh, the process and what it was like filming, which we didn't get much details on because it was such a closed set. And one of the things was, you know, IMDb listed it as seven episodes, which means that someone from the production crew went in and added those um, those numbers in there. So that that is somewhat legitimate. And But it also was revealed by Tamara Morrison that it was going to be seven episodes. He also had a little interview, a little short interview, uh, after he was like rapping one day. And he said that he revealed that they took seven months to shoot this thing. Seven months of shooting. That makes it three times longer than The Mandalorian production. That's insane. So what does this tell me? This tells me, one, this is either going to be a really big show, big production with hour long episodes, or it just took a long time to shoot because of, you know, the pandemic. And that probably delayed a couple of things or made like safety precautions a little bit uh, extra extended and things like that. So maybe that has something to do with it. But 
if they did shoot seven months regularly, as if it was a regular production, I think we're going to get hour-long episodes. It's going to be a seven-hour series, and it's going to be big and grand, and there's probably going to be a lot of familiar faces in there. Not just Pedro Pascal, but also Mark Hamill. I definitely believe he's coming back, and he will be seen in this show. We'll probably get some other legacy characters in there, too. Off the top of my head, I, I, I can't think of any, but this is good news. This is We're going to have a really big Book of Boba Fett show. I think it's going to take a lot of us by surprise. This is going to be great, and I cannot wait. So the last little bit of news, per se, is coming from Leslie Headland, talking about the Acolyte. Now, for those of you who have seen the Investor's Day when they first announced this, I was very excited about the Acolyte. I, it was, you know, we're getting a Sith-centric story. We're bringing back the Force to Star Wars, which is something we've needed for a while, uh, at least, you know, mytholo- mythologically. And I can't wait for the show. It's going to be great. Now, a lot of people have been worried because of some things that Leslie Headland, the showrunner, said about the Acolyte, more specifically her writer's room. Now, look, this isn't breaking news, okay? They're they're probably writing drafts right now, outline drafts, who knows? But they do have a writer's room built, and they are actively in development. One of the things she said while she was being interviewed, I don't have the quote here. I'm just paraphrasing because I don't think it's that important. She was saying that one of her writers had never seen Star Wars before, didn't know anything about Star Wars, and she hired them based solely on their writing. A lot of people don't like this news. They can't believe she said that in an interview. They think this is a bad idea for the show. And it's making people less interested in the Acolyte series. I'm actually going to tell you I disagree. Now, yes, as a Star Wars fan, I want whoever works on Star Wars to love Star Wars, watch every Star Wars, understand it, get what George Lucas was going for, But as a film fan, as a guy who just loves cinema and storytelling, you don't necessarily have to have seen Star Wars to write a good script. It is a writer's room. There's probably about 12 writers on this project, not to mention the producers who throw in their ideas, the directors, all that kind of stuff. I guarantee you at least 95% of them have seen Star Wars. Maybe not all of them to the caliber of which we have, but... I think having a second opinion from someone who is just a professional writer, not necessarily a Star Wars fan, is a good idea because it gets the outside perspective and it gets you know something that is a little bit more narrow focused and they can, they can pick up things that other people can't. So I wouldn't worry too much about this. I know it's scary to hear those comments and it is scary. You know, I don't know why... She said that so early on in the development for the show because it's already getting so much backlash, you know. Either way, I'm still excited for the Acolyte. Now, we won't really know more until we start to get concept art or more about what the story is actually going to be. Another reason why people are not looking forward to it is because it takes place in the High Republic era, about 200 years before The Phantom Menace which also makes me nervous too, because I have no interest in reading those books. (laughs) Uh, I will get around to it at some time, but at this moment, it's not high on my priority list. 
But that is it for the Leslie Headland comments. I want to know what you guys think about all the news today. Like I said, there's more to talk about, which I'll probably do on another stream later. But we're going to get into our main topic today uh, because it's probably the reason you all are here talking about George Lucas. Uh, before we do, we usually do our segment of the show called Today I Learned Star Wars. Unfortunately, uh, we weren't prepared for that today. So instead of playing a video, I'm going to do it live. And we're actually going to make this a little interactive. I'm going to get your guys' help trying to pick out what fact of the day to read. Um, yes, hello there, Max. I see you in the chat. Welcome. Welcome back, my friend. And for those of you who are watching live, here's how we're going to do Today I Learned Star Wars. I have the encyclopedia book here. And we're going to kind of take... I'm, honestly, I'm taking this idea from Lando of Sith Talkers. This is not my idea. He did this a lot on his show. Uh, so I thank him for the inspiration. And this won't be a regular thing, but this is how we're going to do it today. So I have the encyclopedia book here with billions of facts. So what I want some of you guys to do is between 1 and 400, pick a number. Pick a number between 1 and 400, and that is the page that we will read from on today's fact about Star Wars. So throw them in the chat. Let's see what you got. 4 to 100, and we will pick that number. 46. Of course, 46. Okay, here we go. Number 46. Let's see what we got here. See, this is why I, do, I prefer to do the videos, because <laughs> I can't edit this out. Okay, so here we go. Page 46 of the Star Wars Encyclopedia. Now, this is only the... This is the second one. So this is H through O. So today we're going to learn about. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Uh, let's pick the HK50 series. For those of you who don't know what that is, here's a photo. Uh, if I can. Right by my finger there. So the HK50 series, they are a combat assassin droid produced of 4,000 years before the Galactic Civil War by the Kreska Corporation. Although Kreska marketed them as protocol droids, most of the HK-50s were ordered by the renegade droid GOTO and were dispatched from the secret factory of Telos to serve as protocol droids within the naval fleets of the Old Republic. GOTO's army of HK-50s was approached by a rogue droid HK-47 during the Sith Civil War. If you guys don't know who HK-47 is, that is a droid from the Old Republic video games, Knights of the Old Republic. And the HK-50s agreed and helped HK-47 bring down the GOTO during the Battle of Malachor. So that is Today I Learned Star Wars. We'll be back with a video segment next week, I promise. I know it's a little different, but that's the best I could do today under such short time constraints. So thank you guys for bearing with me there. Before we do jump into the main topic... I'm going to check out the chat, see what you guys are saying, because I want to acknowledge you're here. Well, I'm not really interested in Star Wars Visions because I'm not a big fan of anime. Don't know if I wrote that correctly. Anime is spelled A-N-I-M-E, but you were close. Um, I know some people think that, uh, you know, it's probably not going to be good, but, um, you know, it, it is, it's going to be different. It's definitely different. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean... I don't know. If anything, it's just extra content for us to enjoy, you know? I know I always said that I think that Feige's movie is the finale to the Mandoverse, but right now I'm not too sure if I think the movie will come out in 2027 or 2029. 
Yeah, it's really hard to say because it's so, you know, it's so early. But hopefully we'll see soon. Uh, we have a troll in the chat who says, fuck off. <laughs> uh, thanks, I guess. Thanks for coming and commenting negative words into uh, my chat. That's really appreciative. And he says, I shall destroy the world as it destroyed me. Cool. Uh, I don't really like that type of behavior. But uh, thanks so much for, uh, I don't know, being a troll. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about the main topic. Uh, and if, you know, if any of you are watching this and you don't want to watch it, just don't watch it. If you don't like the content, you don't have to be here. It's that simple. It's, you know, I do this for me and for my friends. So we're having fun. Anyway, let's talk about uh, George Lucas. Okay, we're going to talk about is he actually coming back? Because a lot of people recently have been begging the question, is he returning to Star Wars? Because there's a lot of news outlets that are saying that he's coming back to be a writer or an executive producer on the Andor series. Now, if you guys don't remember, about five months ago, we already had this conversation because the news broke on, I think it was Disney Insider or Inside the Magic, which for one are not really really reliable sources because uh, they don't reveal who their sources are or the, I mean, they don't have any prominent connections to the industry as much as I can tell. I could be wrong about that. I didn't believe the rumors to be true. I thought they were, uh, it was just speculative and their reasons behind saying those things was that on IMDb, George Lucas is, is listed as a writer for the Andor series. And he is, listed as a writer on every Star Wars project, whether he's involved or not, because he wrote the world, he wrote the characters, it's all based on by George Lucas. And the reason why, uh, you know, his name is probably attached to this as a writer because he wrote the world and he wrote the characters and stuff like that. I believe that was something that was put into his contract when he originally sold Star Wars is that he gets credit for everything here on out, which is understandable and it makes sense. And I totally respect that for him. And so there's really nothing else to back this up. So, but a lot of people are talking about it. So I wanted to address it today and see how much we could, you know, dissect it and see if it's actually going to happen or not. And here are some of the reasons why I don't think he is coming back to Star Wars. Now, what's most important to talk about in the question is George Lucas returning to Star Wars or not is his history with Hollywood. George Lucas hates Hollywood. He always has. He said it in so many different interviews. So it's also kind of odd that he sold it to Disney, which is the leading entertainment enterprise. But he had a good relationship with him, et cetera. It doesn't matter. But we're going to talk about why George Lucas hates Hollywood and why I think that affects his decision to come back and join the Star Wars world again. So more specifically, let's talk about why George Lucas doesn't work for Hollywood anymore. Ever like what started it? What started him hating Hollywood? Well, it all goes back to the early 70s when George Lucas was first starting to make his big feature films, such as THX 1138, which is a crazy indie sci-fi film, and then American Graffiti, which is a car comedy movie. Uh, just about a group of high school friends getting together, having fun, getting into shenanigans. So... In order to talk about why he doesn't like Hollywood, we have to jump back to 
what's actually a weird topic, the credits of Star Wars, the opening credits. Of course, we all know how the opening of Star Wars movies go. It's It usually just jumps right into the crawl, the opening crawl that gives us the pretext for what is going to happen in the movie. Well, back at that time, it was very rare for a movie to a, at least a big blockbuster movie to not have opening credits, you know, where they would display the name of the director, producer, cinematographer, etc. the major title cards at the beginning of a film. Well, George Lucas mentality about going into Star Wars was he wanted people to jump right into the action. He didn't want to wait and spend time lagging through an opening scene just to get everyone's names out there. So he wanted it to jump into the action. And this actually became the first major film to ever do that, which was Star Wars in 1977. And that's another reason why this movie has kind of changed filmmaking for, for uh, so many, for, for everybody. Speaking of, uh, I will be doing a, a podcast soon, a bonus episode about the, how Star Wars has affected filmmaking for the better. And I'll be doing that with a guest. We're going to do that soon. Uh, I'll let you know when, but we're going to talk about the filmmaking of Star Wars and why it's so important. So anyway, because George Lucas did away with the opening credits, that got him into a lot of trouble with Hollywood. Okay. Now, Lucas is, of course, like we said, notoriously known for being not associated with Hollywood. He has his Lucasfilm headquarters and he has his own production companies and he manages all of his own films, at least at a certain point in his career he did. Now, he didn't even want to put directed by for the original Star Wars movie. He just wanted it to jump right into the action. And normally at that time, a lot of people wanted to at least put the director's name before the movie because it's important. It's a guild requirement and things like that. So what he had to do was he had to sign a waiver saying that he would he didn't need to put his name before the film. And because of that and getting rid of all the opening credits, he also had to pay a fine. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But so Star Wars came out. There was no opening credits. The guilds, the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, they were a little unhappy about it, but they let it go because he signed a waiver saying it was okay. The real problem that this introduced actually came about during The Empire Strikes Back when that movie came out. So The Empire Strikes Back, similar to the first one, has no opening credits. But... Bef- uh, why did the studios have a problem with this? So let's start by looking at the opening of The Empire Strikes Back. So every Star Wars at the time starts off with a 20th Century Fox logo. And then it jumps into a Lucasfilm limited production. And then it comes up with the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it says Star Wars, and then it jumps into the opening crawl. So that is the opening of The Empire Strikes Back. So that's... Typically, how all the movies have started off in that product in that order of listing the credits. So, when the film came out, the guild wanted to put the film; they wanted to pull the film from theaters because they didn't have opening credits, and they wanted to sue George Lucas. So, why was this? Why was The Empire Strikes Back a different situation than A New Hope? Like, I'm just putting up a little video for you guys to have something else to look at besides my face. So, what was the difference between A New Hope? And the Empire Strikes Back that the guild actually decided to sue George Lucas and they wanted to take the movie out of theaters. Well, it's because of the director, Irvin Kirshner. But you might also be saying, well, Irvin Kirshner signed a waiver saying he doesn't need his director's name 
before the opening of the film. It didn't matter because even though Irvin Kirshner signed a waiver saying that he didn't want to put his name at the beginning of the film, technically George Lucas's credit was before Irvin Kirshner's when it says on the screen, a Lucasfilm limited production. And the Directors Guild took that as a credit to George Lucas. Now, when you're making a film, the director's name is either always first or always last at the beginning of the opening credits. But because there was no other credits there and they put Lucasfilm's name, they decided to sue him. Not only sue him, but they wanted to pull the movie from theaters. That's a big deal. That's insane. So they took George Lucas to court. They took him to court and they forced him to pay Irving Kirshner a new salary. In addition to that, they wanted to pay him uh, the fine, the fine for not putting the credits at the beginning of the film. So George Lucas actually had to renegotiate Irvin Kirshner's salary to $500,000 and had to pay an additional fine of $25,000. Now check this out. If you adjust that to today's denomination and how much that would be worth today, it's $6.6 million. So at the time, that was a lot of money. Today, it would be even more money. So that's the fine he had to pay. He also countersued them because of how they phrased it by saying they put Lucas's name before Irvin Kirshner, which was kind of unfair. And so after that situation, that's when he left the Writers Guild. That's when he left the Directors Guild. That's when he was officially done with Hollywood. This is one reason why I do not think George Lucas is returning back to Star Wars for very good reason. Even though he is completely independent now, if he came back to Star Wars, he would have to answer to a lot more new people. And I don't think that's what he wants right now. Especially, another thing is, if he is returning to Star Wars, why would he return to Andor of all the series? It features no characters that he created. And its I think it's the least exciting thing to be announced by Lucasfilm in the in the past year and or past two years I'm sorry it just seems so weird like why wouldn't he would go to Obi-Wan Kenobi why wouldn't he want to work on that film with Hayden and Ewan something he created or even like the droids animated show why wouldn't he want to do that it's just so random he people think he would want to come to Andor now who knows I could be 100% wrong and he is actually coming back and working on the Andor series as a producer and as a writer. But I have another reason why you know, he might not be coming back. And this also has to do with how he became an independent filmmaker and how George Lucas went from being hating Hollywood to becoming the very thing that he hated. Now, like I said, he talks about this all the time in interviews. George Lucas hates Hollywood. And it all started way back again, early 70s, with his creation of his film, THX 1138. Now, he talks about when he was making that movie, and he finished the cut, and he sent it to the producers. They wanted to cut five minutes out of the film because they thought it could be marketed better. And he was very you know, set off by that. He was like, five minutes is not going to make a difference. And they didn't need his permission to do that. So they decided to recut the film how they wanted to, which means it wasn't the director's vision at the end of the, the final product. So that kind of hurt him a little bit. Then when he got his next picture, American Graffiti, the same exact thing happened. 
they decided to recut the film because they didn't think it would make sense. Little did they know, American Graffiti was actually, to this day, is still one of the most successful films of all time. Now, you might be saying, yeah, it, it didn't make a lot of money. That's not what I mean. American Graffiti is known for making the most profit on the movie. He was giving a very low budget. I don't remember what it was. But then ultimately, it ended up making like $300 million. Adjusted that to inflation today, that's a big, huge number, especially for the 70s. And it was also a little daring of George because this was a, a comedy movie, which he wasn't too keen to. So it's interesting to think about as well. But after that, then he got Star Wars. Now, this is where we're really getting into it and why, he, why he's not going to work for Hollywood again. He started working for Star Wars. When he made his Star Wars deal, he made a 50-50 net profit deal with Fox. Fox was the distributor, and they provided the money for distribution. George Lucas made the movie with his company, Lucasfilm. So that was the 50-50 split. George Lucas asked the director of Fox and said, what are, you, what are you doing for your 50%? I know for my 50%, I am making the movie. I'm finding the actors. I'm doing the editing. I'm doing the special effects. What are you guys doing? And they said, well, we, we're, we supply the money. We fund it. And George Lucas said, no, you don't. You go to a bank with a letter of credit and they give you the money. That doesn't really work for me for 50%. Ultimately, he couldn't renegotiate at that point. So he let it go. So what happened, this is also tying in with that opening credits of Empire Strikes Back. When the Empire Strikes Back came out, right before they were in pre-production, he went to Fox and he gave them a new contract. And he said, here is my new contract. Let's sign it and let's get Empire made. And when Fox looked at the contract, it said that George Lucas gets 100% of the net profits as opposed to the original 50-50 net profit deal that they had negotiated on the previous movie. And this like made Fox very upset. And they, they said, you can't do this. It's 50-50. And he said, yeah, but you remember when we did the last movie, you said your 50% covered the money. I'm funding my movie now. I'm funding The Empire Strikes Back which gave him the leverage to make 100% of the movie. Now, he ultimately did give them a very small distribution deal, which is why they were able to continue and go forward. Because ultimately, the Star Wars movies, ever since A New Hope, have all been independent. Independent films, non-Hollywood. Until, of course, Disney bought them. But that's a different story. So George Lucas makes independent Star Wars films. And that's kind of where the charm comes from. But all of this has to do with his hatred towards Hollywood. And everything kind of happened in the late 70s and early 80s when he was making these new deals, trying to get Star Wars made and things like that. Though when people ask the question, is George Lucas going to come back and write and produce for an episode of Andor? I, I just can't see him wanting to do that because of the difficulties he had. Well, let me replay the video. Here we go. <laughs> because of the difficulties he had when he was trying to get The Force Awakens made. They completely threw out his ideas. They didn't even tell him they were changing things. They, they, Bob Iger, the president of CEO and CEO of Disney, said in his book that you know he was extremely upset, understandably so. But he also reveals that they kind of went behind his, their back and you know made the movies how they wanted to make it. And it's just, it's all, it's disappointing. I don't, I, I can't, I would hate for George Lucas to come back to not get things done his way and be even more upset about it. That would, that would kill me. 
And so all of this, I don't think George Lucas would want to put himself through that again. It's, it's a very difficult question to ask. A lot of people are talking about it. So maybe there is some truth to this. Maybe he was just visiting a set and some people took that as he's involved. I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I'm not getting my hopes up too high because if he was coming back, even if it was for Andor, I'm all in. I'm all in 100%. I would, I would love to see George Lucas Star Wars, even if it is for Andor. <laughs> but I, I don't think this is true. I really don't. I think what we're going to see is he visits the sets. Maybe he consults from time to time, which he still is in their contract with, with him. He is a consultant at this point. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm curious to know what you guys think. Do you think, do you believe George Lucas is coming back? Is the news real or is it all a facade? Please let me know. I'm going to jump into the comments and see what you guys are saying so we can continue to chat about this awesome world of Star Wars. Uh, Sith Stoner is back. Welcome. Nice to see you. Uh, Trace Connolly. Good to see you. Hello. And of course, Max. Maximilian. Uh, let's see here. I'm excited to see the visions. It's about time we get some Star Wars anime. Yes, it definitely. I agree. Uh, you know, and the animation is great, but a- anime is so different, especially the storytelling. And apparently this is going to be serialized. It's not going to be chronologically. So it will have like each episode will be its own story, which is very cool. So we're almost going to get like little shorts, little Star Wars shorts done in a very artistic way. I think the hand-drawn aspect of it is what I'm most excited about. Max says, I would love George Lucas to return. But for me, it's hard to believe until it's official. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, I totally agree, Max. I... I would love it if George Lucas came back. That is that is that would make me so happy. I mean, even even if it's not Star Wars, if he made another movie, I'd be so happy he's working again. Because I I love all his work, even the bad stuff. <laughs> even the bad stuff. Oh well, hello there. Hello there. Nice to see you. Why hello there, but why are you talking to yourself? Oh well, this is boring and suck. Have fun talking to yourself with no viewers. Thank you so much. A lot of hate today. I really appreciate it, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and just telling me to fuck off and telling me that this sucks. Why Why do people do that? I just don't understand. You know, it's this kind of stuff that makes me just not want to do this anymore. You know, this happened to me a long time ago on just the pod when I was just doing the podcast. I like to think I do a pretty good production here. You guys might not think that. It's totally fine. Um... But I enjoy talking about it. This is just for me. Uh, and if you guys don't like it, you don't have to watch it. I don't understand why people will just comment that this sucks and then leave. You know? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think on that note, I think I'm done for today. <laughs> Very disencouraging to hear. Uh, for all of you that listen on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And it's just a reoccurring thing. It's not just on the YouTube pages. I get this all the time on social media, Instagram, especially Instagram. A lot of people have a problem with this show, and I don't understand why. Uh, I think it's because uh, they just see that I, I like I like doing this, even if it is for myself. I like doing it. Uh, but you know what? If 
if it stays this way on YouTube, I'm, I'm, and I get this in the comment section a lot too, which is really annoying. But if it stays like this on YouTube, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to continue doing the podcast and leave this world because it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it to come here and just see negative shit every day. So, yeah, the mood was kind of killed for me, everybody. I'm sorry, but I got to. <laughs> I'm going to get off today. I got some stuff to do anyway. Uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say about this whole uh, George Lucas stuff. I had more, but I guess we will talk about it some other time. Like I said, you know, we'll be back next Sunday with the Bad Batch reviews. And we will be back with the Loki after show later this week. And a lot of great stuff to come. And of course, we'll be back next week, too, to talk about more Star Wars. Um, I said I might be doing another stream. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening today if you were here joining us live. And uh, be sure to you know rate, review, subscribe on the podcast. That's, that's where we have most of our stuff. So, a lot, Oh, and I mentioned last week that I'm doing an episode all about bounty hunting. Uh, it's, all, it's all done. Uh, I just haven't released it yet. So I'll be releasing it really soon. And it's a very good episode, I think. Uh, we talked about some stuff from the, the Bounty Hunters Codebook. So it's a lot of great stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. So that'll be coming out soon. But thank you guys so much for uh, being here with me today. And uh, we will be back very soon. And now somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.